Welcome to the Conscious Codes podcast, a place for conscious leaders, coaches, healers and service providers who are ready to become a vortex for wealth, freedom and most importantly impact. In our time together we'll cover conscious marketing, branding with an edge, mindset, spirituality and what it takes to breathe the conscious codes into your business. I'm your host Pali Kaur, a conscious business and marketing coach an expert in marketing and branding with over 10 years of experience and the founder of Souls Lemonade. Let's dive in. Hello everyone, welcome back. So you may have heard something slightly different in the intro of this podcast and that is that I've rebranded. So this is so exciting. This is such an amazing time for me to be sharing this message because I feel like I've evolved so much over the last six months since this podcast has been in the market. I have evolved, I've grown and it's really time for me to take a shift in a slightly different direction because it feels like my messaging is evolving and I really want to shine a light on that. So we are now called the Conscious Codes podcast. It's very exciting for me. It's very exciting for me to share this with you because it's just an elevation of everything that I'm doing in this space. And I'm so excited to share that with all of you. And now that I've touched on the rebrand, I want to talk about today's episode because today is such a wonderful, exciting episode because I have got the most amazing guest coming on in just a second. Her name is Harmesh Kaur. She's a human design mentor and life coach and she supports her clients using human design to really help them transform their lives. So I'm so excited to introduce Harmesh. First, before we start talking about human design, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself. So I'm Harmesh. I am a human design reader, a mentor, um, soul empowerment coach. I was born way, way back um, and raised in a Sikh household, very traditional, but I've never felt like I've really fitted in. I We didn't have the kind of household where we listened to all the Bhangra music or watch Bollywood films and things like that. Um, but as I was kind of growing up, and becoming more and more aware of surroundings and you know being at school and things like that I just found it a bit of a struggle to be traditional at home and Mm -hmm. do all the traditional things you know weddings festivals and all of that kind of thing and then as soon as I got outside the front door I was like having to be someone else to fit into this western society so it's something that I've had a big, big struggle with, like my whole life. Um, but I think when I started to go to college, I I started to become a bit more, I guess, westernized even more because there weren't many Indian people or South Asian people at my college. And they all used to just hang around together, listening to the music and everything. And I just had nothing in common with them. So it's been not weird, but I've tried to go back to my roots so many times and it just never feels right. And it's almost like I'm playing a part of being the the South Asian girl kind of thing. Um, And as well kind of when I went to to work in corporate I've worked in sort of financial institutions for over 15 years it was another environment that I had to try and fit into so I was trying to fit in at home but also then trying to fit in with work and very 
like a male dominated um, environment. So it was almost having to become like men to get anywhere in my career. Um, so yeah, my head has been like all over the place, really. Um, but always trying to fit in with other people and never really thinking about who I am and, you know, arranged marriages and things as well. When they started coming up at home and, you know, we're going to go and introduce you to this guy or this guy and, and no one wanted to get married to me. And I was just like, oh, but didn't even realise I had the option to say no. It was always... Or they get to choose whether you are allowed to marry their son. Um, and it again, it was like, well, I'm never going to fit in with anyone because no one's saying yes to me. I, I've struggled a lot growing up and it kind of brought out my depression when I was in my, I think, yeah, late 20s, early 30s. And... I've spent sort of nearly 20 years struggling with depression, anxiety, because of, again, not listening to myself, but everyone that was around me. But I just kind of, you know, I found a therapist, tried to do it through the NHS, which didn't really, really work because, you know, lack of resources. And mm -hmm. and I think mental health wasn't really spoken about when I first was diagnosed with clinical depression but it wasn't until probably about 10 years later that I found a therapist privately who was so helpful and I started to actually see that I'd just been living everybody else's life and not my life I started to sort of look more inside myself to to try and discover who I was because we all get labels put on us you know daughter wife mother employee whatever it is and we just try and live up to them but not many of us actually look at ourselves and think well actually who am I and it wasn't until the pandemic that because I then no longer had all these obligations of going to work drinks or going to family functions and things because we couldn't do anything I was like oh my god there's all this time I've got all this time to start really looking at myself um and for me, the pandemic was just a godsend because I started to really look at what do I want to do? What is it that I want for my life? And I'm coming up to being 50 next year. And I knew that I didn't want to work in the corporate world anymore, be in the rat race. And, you know, but I didn't know what I wanted to do, which is another thing that a lot of us, you know, struggle with. Because we just think, yeah, get a corporate job and, you you know, have a good paying salary, be an accountant, lawyer, all of those things. But it wasn't what I wanted to do. Again, it was just another, okay, I've decided I want to do it, but how do I find out what I want to do? And I actually then found a coach because coaching seemed to keep coming up in all my social media feeds. And I know that like people say, oh, you only have to say a word and like everything starts turning up in your Facebook or, or whatever. But I thought about coaching and it kept saying, you know, when I did Google searches and things, it was, you know, if you want to be a coach, find a coach, get coached, see what it's all about. So that's what I did. Just from then on, I've just continued to get more and more coaching, whether it's to do with my business, whether it's to do with my self-development. And along that journey, I met a 
couple of ladies who taught human design as well. Through them, I've done my training because there was just something in me. When they were talking about it, it was like, this this excites me. This is something that's really interesting. Just doing their courses and doing their training with them and learning a lot more about my human design. It's kind of opened up this whole world for me where I think if everybody could use this, people would be so much happier. (laughs) They would know (laughs) what they want to do. They would know how to do it. Because I think when I had my first human design reading, it was like somebody finally saw me and knew what I was here to do. From that point, I've kind of followed that path. I've listened a lot more to my intuition, sort of followed the things that light me up. Over the last two years, every single decision that I've been making, I've used my human design for it. And it's led me to today, which I just said to you before we recorded this, had two clients sign up for human design meeting this morning and another client reach out about coaching So two and a half, three years ago, I would never have even imagined this. And it's just by making those decisions, using my human design, listening to my intuition, also doing the self-work as well, because you can't get away from that. Otherwise, I just wouldn't be here without human design. So that's what makes me so like, everybody needs to know about it. (laughs) I definitely agree that everyone should know about their human design and to look into, you know, what design they are and their profile it's just fascinating to learn more about yourself because there's so many aspects of your chart that will really shine bright and really help you understand who you are at at your essence and your core so what so what human design are you then I am a manifesting generator um I am an emotional manifesting generator with a four six profile which probably means very little to people who don't know anything about (laughs) human design at all so do you want to tell us a little bit then about each of the profiles and and the design type well let's start with the design types because profiles I know is quite complex yeah profiles is like we really (laughs) get into things um yeah so there are there there are five different energy types in human design even though you may be the same energy type as a friend or a family member it doesn't mean that you're going to be exactly the same type of person because it's when we start going even deeper that everything becomes really nuanced and you find out where your real differences are so we have manifestors and they are really people who have a lot of ideas quite independent don't really need other people to help them with things Mm -hmm. you know and they go off on their own do their own thing and annoy people a little bit as well while they're doing it and yeah that they are the people here who have the ideas to set up systems and structures for the rest of us Mm-hmm. Then you have the generators. A lot of people that I speak to who are generators don't actually like being called generators because they're thought of as like the workhorses of our society. They have so much energy that they can just pour that energy into something and just keep going and going and going. But they also tend to suffer a lot from burnout because they just don't know when to stop just having all of this energy. For them, it's really, really good that if if they find a manifester whose work they believe in or enjoy, if they can pour their energy into that, they will be happy good as gold but they don't tend to have a lot of their ideas to be able to pour their energy 
into manifesting generators we just like to do everything we have so many things that are on the go and just like manifestors we do have the ability to have ideas and bring them to life because we have that generator energy so you know if you have someone in your life who is always trying one thing doesn't really finish it off try something else doesn't finish that off then goes on to the next thing thing you you probably have a manifesting generator in your life and it is one of those things that I I always used to think was a flaw because I used to try things and if I didn't like it I would just stop doing it it wasn't until I realized or found out what my human design was that actually it's okay for me to do that so when you learn about your human design if there's anything that you think in your life are flaws it's probably your superpower to be honest, um, because human design sees those things very, very differently. So that's always worth kind of remembering. If there's something in you that you think is wrong, it's probably not wrong. That's just how you're designed to be. And it's actually okay for you to be like that. Um, reflectors, these are the people who they have a very open chart. There's nothing defined in their chart. They have no gates, they have no channels. And they really, they... They're here to to see what society is showing them and then reflect it back to the rest of us so that we can go away and do, you know, with the ideas, do the work and just create a society for us all to to be happy and live in. And then there's projectors. I left them to last because I know a lot of your listeners are projectors. They are. I'm a yeah. projector too. So yeah, I'm, well. I'm a four six emotional projector um projectors you all want to be recognized and seen for your skills and your talents you like to share them with people but not everyone wants to have your skills and talent (laughs) or wants you kind of I don't like using the word force but because you're so passionate about what you enjoy and what you have it can lead you to like just blurting it out to people and not everyone is ready for that energy and so sometimes it can feel a bit oh no did I overstep the mark Am I, I know really exactly how that feels <laughs> yeah um but the thing is like your skills and talents that you have because you are projectors are also the people who are here to lead the rest of us into a new way of living and mm-hmm. show us how to live so the skills and talents that you all have we need them but for projectors it's just knowing and it's that wait for the invitation strategy that you have to then bring that information forward for people so that they know oh yeah this is the person that I need to work with yeah um, I I get that but you know the the most frustrating part about being a projector is waiting for the invitation and you know I'm not the only projector that feels like this it is one of the most frustrating things that I've had to come to terms with I I can obviously put my stuff out there and you know that in itself is giving people an opportunity to invite themselves into into my programs into my office but yeah how do how do projectors work around that then so the way that I've because I've had quite a few clients who are projectors um I seem to attract them into my life some (laughs) for some reason um the way that I have said to projectors is you want to be recognized for for who you are what your talents are what your skills are what you have to actually offer the world and it's just really about you talking about it sharing it sharing your passion sharing what it is that you do with no expectation because I think this is one of the things for a lot of entrepreneurs we're taught to in social media posts 
put like a call to action, get someone to contact us if they want to sign up for a discovery call or a course or whatever it is that we're putting out there. But I tend to tell projectors not to do that Mm -hmm. because that's almost like forcing yourself on someone. And it's better for you to just showcase what you're good at. So use past client testimonials, show the work that you've done before, but don't then say, now you come and contact me because, you know, I'm trying to get more clients or or whatever. It's more a case of, you know, here's what I do. And then just leaving it there for people. And it yeah, feels so then... counterintuitive though, doesn't it? Yes. It does. Cause I'm in, I've been in marketing for over 10 years mm. and, you know, I, I didn't know about my human design until I started coaching yeah. and yeah, it was, it just felt, it feels so counterintuitive because I still use call to actions in, in my posts, yeah. but I'm getting really creative in the way I share things. I, I use yeah. a lot of storytelling, you know, I've really changed up the way I share myself and my experiences. And actually that's been the thing that's really connected for my, for my potential yeah. clients and people who have come into my space wanting to work with me have said that, you know, they wanted to work with me on the back of something that I said that was a personal experience or something that I shared. Yeah. And, you know, that's really interesting, actually, because it just makes me think now from what you said that, you know, maybe I should take that a little bit deeper and break the mold and break the rules because I'm all about breaking the rules, right? Like, you know, wherever we can, like if it feels right, obviously don't break rules that don't feel right for you. But if it feels right to to go with that intuition, because Mm. it's there for a reason, right? It's there within you and it's guiding you. And even if it feels like it's not safe because everyone tells you to do call to actions, you know, try it. What's the harm? Exactly. And I think that's the one thing about human design as well, because really your human design is very specific to you. And it's about how you can live in alignment with Mm. what your soul is here to do. Yeah. Just because everybody else is doing something one way doesn't mean that that is going to feel good for you. And if it doesn't feel good for you, then that's probably not what you should be doing. And that's for all of the energy types. That's not just for projectors, because it's the same like when I look at stuff myself, is that am I forcing what I'm doing? Like, what is the energy that I'm putting behind it? Or am I doing it and feeling good about what I'm doing? Because I don't put calls to action at the end of all of my posts, either that I do, you know, what wherever I'm posting them. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's just about, here's a message that I've got or I've got a download. And I just want to share that with whoever's on, you know, following me. It's not about getting a client. And those are the ones that I find, it's like you said, it's like someone has seen your message and resonated with that message and then they'll get in touch yeah they get activated by that thing that you've said right exactly they can feel the energy they can feel the the resonance uh through what you're sharing exactly and it doesn't matter that it's online because I think some some people feel like oh because it's online it's okay to like do that and that no one's going to feel how I'm feeling behind and it's like no the energy comes across regardless of where (laughs) where you are because I I think even when I look at posts of you know I I follow a lot of coaches obviously like you know people that I know and I can always tell when someone's post is coming from a genuine place or whether someone's post is coming from a I have to follow the algorithm I have Mm -hmm. to follow what my business coach has told me to do even though it doesn't actually feel good for me 
Yeah. And yeah, the energy will come across. If you can put yourself in a good space to create what you're sharing, then that's just going to attract the right people to you. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because the the program I'm currently um, putting together at the moment, well, it's already together, but, you know, something that I'm sharing with people um, is, is called Business by Design. And it's all about really getting in touch with who you are as a yeah. person having the energy to share that with people and obviously I don't share things around human design within my program yeah. which is something I want to do eventually maybe later down the line but for now I'm, I'm using a lot of brand strategy but it's really in a very holistic way uh, a very mm-hmm. conscious way in creating something very consciously and then giving people the tools to be able to share that with with their community and build a community yeah. of, of like-minded individuals who really value what you're saying and come into your space because they resonate with who you are and they can feel that when you're putting things out and if you don't know because you're so clouded by what everyone else is doing which happened to me I was so clouded by everyone else and as a projector I think it's natural for me to kind of take uh like see what everyone else is doing you take take on other people's energy yeah easily and their opinions and ideas rather than you say no although your particular chart though you are quite defined so I am you know it's so strange though but because my my root um isn't defined and I think that sense of stability and security makes me want to look at what other people are doing and seeing if I'm doing it right too when actually quite recent well no I I won't say quite recently it's been a journey I think over this year um you know I've come to the conclusion that actually just be who you are and share who you are with the world and it's okay to be to be you and I think for a long time I didn't know who I was because I was so conditioned growing up to be a certain way yeah it's been a real like journey of unlearning a lot of the things I've learned growing up and you know even though I am you know I do hold some of these labels like a wife I'm a mom you know I'm a daughter sister whatever but I'm still me at the core of everything that I do I'm still me and I think my business is an expression of that and I want it to be an expression of that because that's very intentional it's the whole reason I started doing what I what I started doing yeah. so it's such, that's such an important message to share with people is to just be who you are and to be very authentic and to be true to that and human design is such a great tool to be able to connect yeah. to yourself in that way and I think that that as well like you saying that it, it is a tool and I think people need to really remember that because it, it's not that you know here's your human design and this is how you must act for the rest of your life now that you know your human design it's really The way that I talk to my clients about it is it's an experiment, which is what I did for the last two years. I experimented with the information that I found out Mm -hmm. and not only for the positive sides of it, but because I was getting the positive results, I was like, okay, let me just try not try and get a positive result and see if it it also works that way. And and it did. So to me, it was like, okay, so I know that if I don't follow my human design, this is going to happen or not happen. And if I do follow my human design or experiment with it, then I will get a different result Mm -hmm. and a more positive result. So just, it's not enough for someone to just explain it to you. It's you have to really take it on and try it out and see what happens to your life. Everyone that I know who has really started to experiment, they have had nothing but good things to say and also because they feel more confident in themselves 
And I think sometimes as entrepreneurs that that sometimes happens. We don't have the confidence to just be ourselves but because we don't know who we are. But if you know your human design and you learn all the different aspects about yourself, it will just give you the confidence to shine out there in the world with whatever you're putting out and sharing with other people. So from what you've said, how do you think that the different designs then should approach their businesses? There, there are a few different ways to do that. So projectors, like I said, is, is know what your skills and your talents are and showcase them. But do it in a way that feels good for you. Don't don't be kind of forcing yourself to, you know, like, for example, with, you know, you have a background in marketing and you've done, you know, the brand strategy and thing. Present that to people, but do it in a way that doesn't feel forced or mm-hmm. fake. Um, make sure it's like really authentic to you um, because then people will grab and hold on to that energy. of like, yeah, this is someone that I really want to work with. Um, And those people will just come into your field. And yes, you do have to wait for the invitation, but (laughs) it's okay, you know, because the right people, if you're showcasing your skills and talents, the right people will come to you. So whether that's a collaboration that they want to do with you, or if someone's suggesting to you, oh, maybe you should try and do this, you know, wait for that invitation or opportunity Mm And then see if it feels good and then just take your business from there. Yeah. So it definitely feels good when I am being invited to do something as opposed to feeling like I'm pushing something onto someone. Yeah. Because that just feels like I'm being a bit of a burden on someone as opposed to being helpful so I'm quite mindful of pushing my agenda onto other people even though I'm so passionate about what I do and I know that you know I get my clients results and you know I don't get them results they get themselves the results I facilitate that for them it's a it's about me having faith in that trust as a projector that you know, what I have to share is of value and someone is going to recognize that within me. Yeah. And I I think the other thing like to remember as well is it's not about like a projector just sitting and waiting because there is some action that you do need to, because I have seen this with, with some projectors where, you know, I might've said to them, you know, your strategy is to wait for the invitation, wait for opportunities to come to you. And they literally have just waited and waited and waited. And I said, are you you sharing what you're doing? Or are you sharing what's going on in your life or what you're passionate about? And they said, no. And I said, but then how are people going to know that you're there? So there is something that you have to do. It's just maybe not in the way that you are used to doing it. Yeah, so it's not about just sitting and doing absolutely nothing because obviously if you're sitting at home doing nothing, no one's going to recognize you. No one's going to see you. (laughs) So it is about still putting yourself out there so that people can recognize you and what you're doing for projectors. I so, also yeah. have a lot of um I, I only I only had one person come back to me say they were a reflector so it was the only person oh, I've wow. met yeah who is a reflector and she's actually a friend um but most of the people in my audience who you know are running businesses they are projectors and generators so yeah. if you could share something about generators oh, that would okay. be great so so reflectors because they they have nothing defined in them at all so that they're very good at seeing other people rather than seeing themselves so mm-hmm. whatever is reflected back to them they kind of take that on so from a business point of view really for them it's to 
look at society. What is being reflected back to you? And what is it that society or people are needing? What would make their life easier? What would, how can you help them in some way? Or how can they be helped in some way? And whatever it is that you see is to try and build your business around that. But it has to be something that that is surprising for you because reflectors like to live in this world of complete awe and, oh, my God, this is amazing. And, you know, they they marvel at everything. Mm-hmm. And so whatever they do in terms of business and what they are being shown from people in society, their friends, their family, if it's something that brings that kind of feeling to them is start looking at doing a business in that kind of way. So I don't know, let's say, for example, somebody say I was a reflector and someone in my family, you know, was talking about trying to do some sort of event. Say it's like a wedding. They're trying to organize their wedding. I'm just going to take the typical South Asian (laughs) stereotype there. And and I think to myself, oh, wow, this would be really amazing to do this. It could be amazing to do this. So for me as a reflector, it'd be really good to maybe set up an events business Mm -hmm. because whatever I'm organizing is going to bring me surprise, wonder, marvel in whatever I'm doing and putting that business out to someone. So it sounds like reflectors have a lot of fun then. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think they do because they're very free spirited people because they're not, like I said, nothing is defined in their their chart. And so they literally just whatever society or the world is showing them, that's what they take on. Mm-hmm. So it's the people who probably aren't as settled as everyone else because they have no stability. They're, they're not very grounded people, but they're doing things that are surprising them or, you know, their life is bringing them that excitement and joy um like I said free-spirited people they're just kind of out there doing whatever needs to be done um because that's what society is reflecting to them amazing Um, so what about generators then so generators they don't have any manifestation qualities they don't have ideas which they can really bring to life but if they find work that they really really enjoy something that really really lights them up they can just pour their energy into that's what they should be going towards I have a friend who is a generator and she she loves photography Mm -hmm. it's the one thing in her life that really really lights her up and she's now set up a photography business so her energy is being poured into that um she was doing coaching but it was something that wasn't really lighting her up it was it was something that because a lot of people were doing it she felt oh I should be going down that road as well and she was pouring her energies into that but finding herself really burnt out feeling resentful for the amount of hours she was spending doing it. The photography, like she's doing weddings, she's doing photo shoots, she's working long hours, but because it's something she really enjoys doing, she has no problem doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you are a generator, if if you're working for yourself, your business really needs to be something that you're very passionate about. It's not very good for for you, for example, if you've grown up, and again, another South Asian stereotype, (laughs) 
should one not? But if you've been brought up to think that, you know, you should be an accountant or or lawyer or whatever, you've done all the degrees, all the professional qualification, and then you set up your business. If it's something that you're not passionate about, you're going to soon find yourself in that resentful, you know, burnout kind of position. Whereas if you've done all of that, and then you think that actually my passion is baking and you want to set up a bakery or something, I would say go for the bakery because that is the thing that you're going to enjoy and you're not going to mind putting your energy into. Um, and you're less likely to burn out from that. Exactly. From, from some, because it's something that's bringing you that passion, that joy exactly. every day. Okay. Yeah, that's so interesting. Definitely. That is so interesting. So I want to go on to something a little bit different in our human design chart. So that's the money lines, because I know that yeah. this is one that so many people will be interested in. I'm interested in it because I think <laughs> as women, we should be making money. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, we're allowed to talk about that. We should be able to, to say it and, and say it openly and freely, yeah. because I know that, you know, if we create wealth we can do so much more with that we can create yeah. so much more impact in the world we can look after ourselves we can look after our health better you know yeah. we're able to nourish our mind our body our soul and then we're able to give that back to other people tenfold exactly. so yeah. let's talk about money lines and you know do you want to just briefly go through some of the money lines in in human design yeah so I had a look through um, because just because you might not have any of these gates or channels in your chart, it doesn't mean that you're not going to ever make any money. So I, I just want to make <laughs> everyone aware of that because I don't think, that, because there, there actually aren't that many mm-hmm. gates or there's only one channel related to money and a, and a couple of gates. Um, so Anyone who hasn't got these, don't think that you will never make money in your life. So the first one that we have is gate 14, which is the gate of power skills. And this is really around the ability to to use money and release it as energy so that you can empower whatever you are doing in your life. And again, for people who don't know too much about human design, every gate has a low expression and a high expression. So you can think of it as like the shadow side and the like the high, highest self side of a gate. So when you're sitting in the highest expression of gate 14, the power of skills, you are going to be able to use money in a very easy way to make your life go in the direction that you want to so it's like you know if you want to travel in your life if you want to set up a business in your life as long as you're living in alignment with yourself then you're going to find it very easy to do the things that you want to with the money that you have if however you're sitting on the shadow side of that gate and you're not living in alignment with yourself so maybe you've got blocks around money you might have scarcity you know mindset those kind of things, you're not going to find it very easy to use the money that you do have to do the things that you want to do. So it's like the scarcity mindset, for example. If you are always worried that there's never going to be enough, even though you have this gate that is telling you, you can do whatever you want. And it's going to be really easy for you to do that. And your life is going to go the way that you want it to. If you still have that mindset, it's never going to work. So Yes, the gate 14, if you are not working on your mindset, and this is where it's not enough to just know you have certain gates, it's it's what do you do with the information of that gate? Do you start to 
change your behaviors your mindset so that you can sit in the highest expression Mm -hmm. and actually use that money to create the life that you want and move in the direction that you want to or are you going to sit in your scarcity or other it might be another limiting beliefs around money that is going to stop you from doing that so that's where it gets a bit deeper with human design so there is that one um gate 26 which is the gate of egoists so this is around being a salesperson around being a marketing type person so anyone who's you know obviously entrepreneurs we try and do that in our business if you have this gate again the highest expression the lowest expression on the shadow side of this this is where if you're trying to put out offers or you know, whatever it is that you do for your clients, if you've got a product or something, if you're really trying to be one of those, and we've probably all met them at some point in our life, you've gone in the department store and someone's jumped on you straight away. Can I help you? What can I get for you? You know, if you're trying to be that kind of person in your business to get clients, it's not going to work. And again, it's about looking at your mindset and your behaviors to why are you kind of promoting your products and offers that way why are you trying to be that type of salesperson because on the highest expression side of it is for you being a salesperson or marketeer that is actually attracting clients without doing very little work and you're doing it for the good of community the good of the people around you and the people who actually need your services so there's a much different energy around how you're being a salesperson that will bring that money into your business Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this kind of outreach marketing that I see a lot of like I I get messages every day from people who are reaching out to me in my dms who I have no relationship with um you know who I have never had a conversation with prior and they're trying to sell me something but you know, and it, it's not always trying to sell me. It's just like, oh, connecting with me. What do you do? You know, mm. I know, I know where that's going, right? I know where that yeah. conversation is going to lead. So I don't even entertain those conversations like at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I just have like a blanket rule where I'm just like, no, I am not. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna entertain it because it just doesn't feel good for me to even yeah. receive that, right? Um, and it doesn't feel good for me to do that. And I think at one point, I'm pretty sure. I did do that when I first started um, because I thought that that's what I needed to do. And this was when I was really early, but it wasn't like trying to sell anything. It was just trying to connect with people. But it's that same thing because we're taught that that's what, as you know, I guess, I mean, what do you call, what do you call like social media entrepreneurs? Yeah. That's how we're taught to get clients. Yeah. It's like trying to reach out. Hunting people. Yeah. And that just doesn't feel good. Like, yeah, it's such a, such a, such a great way to describe it. It's like going hunting Mm. on social media, trying to find these clients. And, you know, I much, much prefer the organic approach where you can just Mm. be who you are put out what you want to put out and have that energy matched by yeah. someone who really wants to to work with you you know today I reached out to someone who I potentially want to work with because her marketing is just you know the way she 
puts her stuff out mm. it's like inviting me every time she puts the post out so she she put something up today saying that you know she has a couple of spaces open for kind of one-to-one um coaching mm. and you know and I was like I jumped at the opportunity because I was like we've been waiting for you to to give Amazing. me a sign to say yeah, yeah. To, to say that you know you've got space for to hold someone in that yeah. kind of container I've been waiting for her to say it and you know she did finally so I reached out to her and you know I'm sure because she's she's also a projector so I know that that's gonna feel good for yeah, her invitation from me but you know it's what you said earlier it's still sharing what you do yeah but, you know in the most authentic way that feels right for you yeah and I, and I think as well like especially women in business you know we're being taught by men Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of masculine energy behind what we're doing or what we've been taught that we should be doing and what I'm finding now is that actually there's a lot more women leaders coming in and showing us there's a different way of doing things and yeah. I think that especially for women it will start shifting that things will be more organic be more authentic and that just attract your clients to you in that way rather than thinking that you know I've got to be on social media for 10 hours a day looking for these clients and trying to drag them into my group programs or whatever it is um and it's just about what feels good because again it's that that energy behind what you're doing if you know someone's energy is good you're going to be attracted to them so if your energy is good people are going to be attracted to you exactly and it's interesting because someone (laughs) did reach out to me last year and I did join her program and it just didn't feel like the right fit at the time like you know she's an amazing coach she's an amazing person but for me it just didn't feel like the right fit so I'd I'd given Mm -hmm. her my money and I'd done the program but just didn't feel like it was what I needed at the time and you know sometimes ignoring your own instincts even as the client (laughs) can be quite detrimental you know to, to the way you operate and what you need at the time um so are there any other money gates that we should cover so there aren't any other money gates as such but there is one channel which is the channel of money um so channels in the human design chart are these are someone's gifts and talents that they have in the world so if you have the channel of money in your chart you will be able to make money like it does grow on trees um (laughs) it again it's really this you know shadow self highest expression of that channel if you Mm -hmm. are using money for the right thing i.e you're you're making money and you're using it for good and you're using it with pure and good intention you will carry on making that money but if you are someone who is creating that money to kind of hold on to never help anyone you know and just kind of accumulate wealth then it's going to end up with you not feeling good about it at Mm -hmm. all and can also block you from receiving any more money. So just because you have that channel in your chart doesn't mean that, yes, I can sit back again, do nothing because money is just going to come to me. It's all about your intention and what you're doing with that money. And I actually had a client, he has this channel in his chart and we were talking about this and he's had several businesses over the years. And he said, you know what? I've made a lot of money, but I've lost a lot of money because the money was not going to the right places. I wasn't thinking about what I was doing with the money. It wasn't being invested in the right place. And 
he lost everything he had, but he's built it back up again. But he now has a different intention behind what he does. And he just sees money coming in, which is great for him, you know, but he works hard for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about, you know, I'm again, I'm going to sit in my house and money's just going to come to me. He's actually doing the things that that bring that money in because he's got that skill and the ability to do that. So, yeah. So what, so what channel, channel is this? <laughs> that is channel. It Well, it's the channel of money. And it connects gates 25 and 45. No, sorry, 21 and 45. Okay. In the chart. So um, I've yeah. got I've got the gate 21. Yeah. But I don't have 45. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, you don't have that, that channel. That's I'm sorry, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, just because you don't have these in your chart, it doesn't mean that you're never going to make money in your business yeah. or in your life. Because if you're running your own business and you're doing it with the right intentions, you're in alignment and, you know, it feels good, then there's no reason why any of us cannot make that money. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely a believer that you are the creator of your own reality. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many other things in our chart that show us how we can shine and how we can bring abundance into our life because money essentially is just energy and you know to attract that energy I guess it's just following what we are naturally kind of built to do and it falls within our design and our personality right yeah because I mean money is the result of what we're doing and if you're doing things like you said that are in alignment then there's no reason why the result can't be money yeah. If you're not doing things that are in alignment, if you're not, you know, experimenting with your human design, if you're not making the decisions that feel good for you, because it's all about, it's not just about you getting clients, but also any decision that you're making in your business. So, for example, like you said, you did that coaching program, it didn't feel good. If you're thinking about investing in yourself to maybe you're you're trying to get a business coach or maybe you're just up leveling yourself looking for those programs for yourself it's still about what feels good for you what is in alignment with you because that's going to then affect your business yeah absolutely yeah so it's not just about the clients it's also about you and what you're doing and what what you're wanting to call in for yourself because that will then just ripple out yeah it becomes like a reflection right so what you're how far you're willing to go I suppose with your own exactly. development is how I suppose um embodying that has a big impact on how you make calling yeah. clients you know and I'm a big believer that you know if I would be the biggest hypocrite if I didn't get coaching and I try to sell <laughs> I mean, coaching. this is a thing you know it's like because I do know I think every coach that I know personally and this has been the same for me ever since I started getting coaching I don't think I've been without a coach yeah you've been with some sort of support through your entire journey same as me then yeah and I think I have coaches for like all sorts of stuff you know I I have coaches for for my business I have people who work with me for my health you know I I have I have have like a team of people around me because I know that I'm I'm not interested in trying to do it all myself and you know I I don't have expertise in everything in in the world and I don't ever think I will I don't think anyone will so it's so important I suppose to surround yourself with those people that are going to help elevate you but find the right people for you right and I think even if you do 
choose someone that doesn't quite vibe with you that's still a huge learning and you yeah. know then like because even though it didn't feel right for me at the time I know now what I wouldn't do so exactly. even though that program didn't give me what I thought I wanted at the time actually it gave me a lot of insight anyway yeah. because now I know kind of the direction I wanted to take my business because I can see what I don't like and don't want yeah and and I don't model that I don't you know I don't bring that into into my space in any sort of capacity yeah um so let's talk about um you you dissected some of my charts so you know <laughs> which is really really interesting so yeah. I have some of your notes here but do you want to yeah. just talk me through kind of what you dissected and how that kind of relates to you know being a coach or you know being in this industry of personal development yeah, so you you are similar to me. You are a four six, and you have an emotional authority, even though you are a projector, and I am a manifesting generator. But that that really means that your solar plexus is your authority. Mm-hmm. If there's any decisions that you need to make, whether that's in your business or your life, you know, coaching, whatever it is, it's really for you to make them when you are very neutral about a decision um because if you make it from a point of view where you're feeling scared or if you're feeling excited about something more often than not those decisions that you make will not be really aligned with you so say for example you had a collaboration or someone came to you with a collaboration and it was on no like influencer and you and you thought to yourself oh my god I'm not doing so great in my business at the moment but if I collaborated with them it's going to just multiply what I'm doing if you make that decision from that place of feeling scarce almost and scared that you're not doing enough in your own business it's probably not going to turn out that great for you and also if you know you had an influencer come to you collaborate you know for collaboration and it was something that was like you were really really passionate about again but maybe that's not right for you for you it's that wait until you're at a stage where you don't feel either way about that particular opportunity Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that again can feel really counterintuitive it's like okay so I've got to wait to not feel like I've got to really do it because (laughs) I'm scared or I can't do it because I'm really excited I've got to wait until I'm in this neutral position before I can say whether I actually want to do it or not yeah so like having a level head yeah and like you know stability within the emotional spectrum exactly yeah (laughs) and and also it's and you won't get a hundred percent certainty, and that's something that I learn as well. Is that actually when you're you have emotional authority, you only get an eighty percent, around about eighty percent certainty or mm-hmm. neutrality when you want to do whatever it is that's come into your space. So don't always wait for that. I've got to be a hundred percent sure and a hundred you know and I'm saying this to you and I'm just thinking about you know my own program that I'm trying to put out and I'm trying to wait for it to be 100% sure and it's like no it's that 80% and it's like okay go for it or don't go for it yeah Um, so there's a few other gates that you like that you dissected in in my chart and I think um one that really stood out for me was the channel of logic um so I have uh, defined um Uh, yeah yeah, and uh, all of my channels are like activated from that yeah you have uh, every single gate activated in your head 
yeah um, which is fun <laughs> yeah but only that but only that one channel which is yeah. the channel of logic and I think that's the where again it's almost like you want to be sure of something before you do it and it's got to be almost perfect before you take that step into whatever it is that's being offered to you yeah it's funny because when we had the conversation before we recorded the podcast about how I am a perfectionist and I know this about myself so it's like trying to fight my perfectionism is is a battle sometimes for me um and and I think a lot of people are perfectionists you know there's a lot of people out there that that wait until something is perfect before they even want to share it with the world and I'm getting better I'm getting better at at saying no it's perfect as it is right you don't yeah. need to do any more it's perfect as it is just put it out there and I've I've noticed that it feels so uncomfortable to do that but I'm okay with it I'm getting better at it yeah well look, I think this is a thing and it's funny you say about perfection because you also have the channel of perfected form mm-hmm. in your chart because you you are here to create what you love this channel it's not necessarily about you being a perfectionist it's more about you you get to just do what you love and you get to be selfish about it Mm -hmm. and not have other people come in and and kind of take that away from you so you know again your business it's something that I you know I can see you're so passionate about if someone was to come and you know say no you can't do that anymore that that's not for them to do you're allowed to be selfish and self-absorbed in that way that no this is my creation for the world Mm -hmm. and I get to put that out there it's funny because I protect my business like it's my child (laughs) no and I, I think you know and why not and that's probably something that you you are here to do is protect the thing because whatever you create is actually helping the rest of us Mm -hmm. so it makes sense for you to do that because if you didn't we wouldn't have it yeah and it's like I wouldn't be fully living within my design if I weren't to share my business and I weren't to share that part of myself um I also have the the gate of innocence and the gate of control so do you want to just briefly touch on those because if anyone else has oh and the gate of revolution yeah um if 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 anyone has these gates then it might be something for them to to think about as well yeah Yeah. so gate 25 is the gate of innocence so this is really about you looking after yourself Mm -hmm. because if you are going through a challenging time or a busy time um you know, in your business, it is actually important for you to take care of yourself. Otherwise, that good old word burnout will come along and then you won't be able to do the things that you are here to do. Mm-hmm. So if if you do have that gate, it's really like looking at what are you doing? How are you setting up your day to make sure that you get that, that self-care in for yourself and that you're not overextending yourself and burning out so that you can't actually serve the people that you're here to serve yeah, yeah. I think definitely something like I'm working on that one yeah. because I'm, <laughs> I, I'm incorporating think, more practices now yeah I think the thing is like you know South Asian culture we're not always brought up to look after ourselves I mean as women it's you put everyone before yourself yeah. so you know it's really hard for us to allow ourselves to actually look after ourselves because when we look after ourselves that's how we can actually look after everyone else not yeah absolutely so um gate 21 the gate of control so this is where you like to control 
everything. It is literally for those control freaks that are out. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's fine when it's a situation that is of your creating. So say, for example, this podcast, you are in control of this because it's your podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's when, say, for example, if it was my podcast and I had invited you on, and you try and take control of the situation, how the conversation's going to go, that's where you start to maybe get into a bit of trouble. So it's kind of knowing when it's for you to be in control and when it you're allowed to let other people be in control and just mm-hmm. surrender to what is going on in life rather than resisting it and, and trying to force things. Yeah, to- <laughs> it's funny because this just sounds like me, like in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I definitely have that. I remember when I used to work in the corporate world and we would work on projects together and I would always be the person taking lead. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of scan the room and, and you know, yeah. I would wait. I would wait for other people to kind of want to put themselves forward. Yeah. And I, I, you know... 30 seconds have gone by and I'd, I'd be like okay I'm gonna step in now and I'm gonna manage this situation and yeah. you know I suppose you know I, I live a lot of my life I wouldn't say it's in a very controlled way because I'm really trying to be fluid because I'm a water sign I'm a Scorpio so yeah. you know I try and incorporate that fluidity but yeah when things aren't in my control like I don't like it um, being the passenger in a car yeah um, because that really scares me uh, <laughs> it just really scares me so yeah I can see where this control thing yeah is kind of active and yes. it is active in my chart and then yeah and it's just about noticing those situations and mm-hmm. really thinking to yourself is this my situation to be in control of or is it okay to just let someone else be in control of it And again, this isn't just business. I know that we are talking more business, but this is in all areas of life, really. Um, And then you had gate 49 that I looked at, the gate of revolution. So this is where you, you come up to a point in your life where you have decisions to make. But because you don't have all the answers from your, um, what was it, your channel of logic because you don't have all of those answers you start to doubt yourself it's almost like again making the decisions from that that I'm scared or I'm excited about something rather than just being sure of yourself and letting your own confidence and intuition like take you to the decision that needs to be made yeah Um, so yeah it so whenever you come up against anything like that again not just business it could be life to really just tap into your intuition and let that lead you rather than trying to logically write out all the pros and cons of whatever the decision is before you you go ahead and make that decision yeah so I am I do make a lot of decisions I think based from my intuition like I don't think I've ever done a pros and cons list which is good right because considering Mm. I have the the channel of logic I don't think I've ever done that but maybe I do in some subconscious way weigh up the the pros and cons in my head without even realizing it actually you know now that you've (laughs) you've said that um but yeah, I I think um, the way I kind of interpreted the, the gate of revolution for myself was um, a little bit more of a think outside the box kind of person um, mm. to try and find my own way. Because I think sometimes when I come to these big decisions, I'm just like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to make my own path. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to forge my own way, even yeah. if everyone else is doing it a particular way. And I think that's my my entire business model is kind of going in that direction where I don't want to be 
someone that follows the crowd yeah you know I want to be someone that kind of finds my own way and and does things my own way and kind of opens people up to a new way of seeing things and a new way of doing things you know I'm always trying to innovate and and that's where I get stuck in my head sometimes and I think because my head is defined and I've got those those gates and one of one of those Mm. channels active I'm always kind of thinking about the next thing and how I can make something a little bit different or something a little bit unique and I think I'm able to see that in other people like what really makes other people unique and you know because I think often we can't see it ourselves I think that's become like my superpower a little bit you know I think that is that that is something that projectors they have is that they can see other people Mm -hmm. for who they are and that's why they want to be recognized so much for themselves um and when they're not they get quite bitter about it yeah um, because you're so good at seeing the gifts and talents that other people have but when mm-hmm. people can't see that in you, it's almost like, well, what's wrong with me then? <laughs> kind of thing. But it's funny you say about that forging your own path because that is part of your profile. So you have a four six profile just like I do, mm-hmm. which um, in human design is an opportunist role model, and that's really about you being social and being able to network with people you are really good at influencing other people so great that you're working in this field Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's good to know (laughs) yeah Um, and the role model part of you and this is where and I think you know we maybe we've had similar struggles in that is that there haven't been the people before us to show us the way to go Mm-hmm. So we are the ones who are forging that path. And that is part of this profile. When I found that out, when I had my first human design reading, it was one of the things that made me cry because I was like, finally, now I understand why I've gone through everything I've gone through in my life, because it's for me to actually forge that path for other people behind me, similar mm-hmm. to what you are doing. Yeah. And I it- resonate with that. I resonate yeah. with that so much like you know even when you share your story about your life I can see so much of myself mm. in your story because I'm I'm the eldest in yeah. my entire family okay. like my 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 dad was the eldest I was the first born my dad yeah. has five there's five of them right yeah. so you can imagine how many kids came after yeah. me and you know I always felt like I was the first one to do everything yeah and I didn't grow up in in the best environment you know there was a lot of um there's a lot of toxicity in my environment growing up yeah. a lot of abuse and things like that so you know there's there's this there's always been this thing inside of me that's been like you know you're going to be the first to do yeah. all of these things right especially being the one born in the UK my mom yeah. is from India my dad was actually born here but you know I was going to be the first to break out of this conditioning and it was really scary to yeah. to be that person and I think that kind of rebelliousness in inside of me even though I don't seem rebellious externally to people because you know I I did get married I had a kid I'm I'm kind yeah. of doing things in a conventional way but I chose my husband <laughs> you know yeah. I chose who I was going to marry um you know I chose when I was going to have a kid I'm choosing maybe to not have any more and be okay with yeah. just having one you know and that's kind of unheard of in in South Asian really? culture yeah. where you might my my child might end up being an only child but you know if I make a decision in the future to have a kid that's yeah. something that I'll make with my partner but yeah it's it's kind of being that knowing that I was going to be the first yeah and I think I've adopted that in my business as well that rebellious nature has kind of transferred mm. into into my business 
probably because of the way I've grown up yeah. um, you know and breaking free of so much and it's so interesting that you say that because it's just like oh it's activating me to even say all of this <laughs> well I think and I think this is the thing is like I said like when I found out what my profile was and that's what it was and I was like now I can actually talk about it because yeah. before that for me it was similar to you it you know my mum was born in India my dad was but he lived in England since he was eight years old and I was first born here out of all the grandchildren just like you were on both sides mm -hmm. so it's like there's a lot of pressure that is put on us and I think this is what I struggled with was like at home it was like to be the traditional Indian daughter but then in the outside world it was like well you've got to integrate into this western society so how do you do that? It's hard and work. It is hard work, <laughs> believe me. But when I found out that that's what really I'm supposed to be doing, so that, you know, I look at my nieces and nephews now, and I already know, like in some of the older ones, it's like they've got someone to look up to, mm -hmm. whereas I didn't have that, and you probably didn't have that either. Yeah, no, I didn't. you on that journey. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have that at all growing up which was quite tough yeah. to not really have um role models um the type of role models I wanted anyway you know my mom was very kind of I'm gonna just do what the family want and yeah. you know she really gave a lot of herself um away and still to this day hasn't recovered from that you know she developed um, mental um health problems from that you know yeah. and, and it's really really affected her life in in a way and I think seeing that was a real kind of eye-opener for me um, at a very young age, you know, to, yeah. to forge my own path and be okay with the consequences, I suppose you could say, of doing that in, in a South yeah. Asian family, of doing that. But actually, in the end, everything worked out okay. I still have a relationship with my family, yeah. you know, and, and it's so much healthier than it used to be. My, my sisters, I've got three sisters, and, you know, they they all kind of live the life that they want and you know it's really amazing to see how far and how quickly that generational conditioning broke so like my mom and her sisters yeah. or her sister and her mom my grandma you know it it I live a completely different life to them it's it's bizarre like yeah. how how different my life is and even starting this business mm -hmm. you know breaking that that conditioning from what I've seen the women in my family go through and and to now where I've started my own business yeah it's like night and day like you know my my mom would always say things like oh are you not scared to do that you know like that's that's was always the thing that she said to me and I'd always say no I'm not scared to go to university and yeah. live away from the family in fact I created that opportunity for myself because I wanted to see who I was away from my family I got a job I got married and mm. then I started my business I'm so fortunate that I've ended up with someone who really supports me in that and yeah. you know even when I'm having a bad day he will not let me quit <laughs> you know even though I have these moments where I'm like oh this is just too hard I don't want to do this even though I don't mean it I think I'm just having a vent when I say things like you know I know that I'll always do this and I even said you know even if I make no money I will do this for the rest of my life and that just shows me you know that this, yeah. this is the the thing I'm I've been called here to do and I, the thing that I've been put on this planet to do so yeah. you know it's it's crazy how like your upbringing can shape so much but then you really have to take the reins yourself 
you know yeah. you have to take the reins yourself and you have to d- to make a decision in, in in your life of how you want your life to look yeah and I think it is that particular generation of people and I still think even like when I look at my brothers and sisters and even like my cousins and extended family a lot of them still followed the traditional path but I see now in younger generations they're starting because they've seen some of us older ones do it it's given them more courage to do it themselves but there's still a lot of people in our generation I feel who who don't have the courage to do it you know it's up to people like us to show them it's actually okay to go and do it it's not yeah. gonna there's you know, so much there's anyone. so much that opens up for you yeah. when you when you say yes to the things that you want and you say yes to taking that leap and having that faith yeah. in yourself because I know that you know a lot of people are even scared to have the good stuff come out of it because you know taking that leap is like losing something that security because it has you know there's a moment of fear where you you know where you're going through some sort of transition let's just say you're starting a business Mm. you know you're moving away from something that feels comfortable even though you might not be happy it's comfortable it's safe it's what you know but when you get to this other side when you've moved through that fear and you've gone through that transition it's like you would never go back I would never go back to I know being comfortable. it's so weird isn't it I think yeah. that's what I found because I only like my corporate career I guess my last contract it ended in June there was almost this oh but you'll you'll just come back in three months you know from from colleagues they'll be like oh it's okay you'll be back before the end of the year and but as soon as I left that environment and I was full time in my own business. And, you know, like you said, sometimes you have bad days and you're just like, why am I doing this? But there's no way I would ever go back to being in an office mm-hmm. and being, you know, and I'm not saying that my colleagues were awful people or anything like that, but they're not the type of people that are going to help me grow and help other people yeah. who want to have their own lives. I don't want to be stuck there anymore. I've been there it served me while I was there, but it's not going to do that now. So there's no point going back and I just wouldn't want to go back. Yeah, exactly. So I am so conscious of the time because I feel like we've been talking like forever. So before let's, I think it's time to like maybe wrap this up. Um, Even though I think I could talk to you yeah. like all day. <laughs> I really think we same, could talk to each other all day. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about where they can find you, what programs you have coming up, any offers that they might want to jump into and just maybe go into that. And then I will put everything in the show notes so they can find you as well. Okay, cool. Yep. So people can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at harmesh.core. That's where I kind of hang out the most at the moment so I have two human design reading packages available one which is just the reading itself and then I have another one where you know the client gets a follow-up call with me Mm -hmm. and we go through your human design to give you a bit more information and insight into it and in December I am going to be launching a human design mentorship program which is going to be my three-month one-to-one program So once you've had your reading with me, and that includes the reading, is really going deep into your human design. So whatever area of your life you want to work on, whether that's your business, your relationship, even parenting, Mm -hmm. or 
you know, just general transformation that you want to go through yourself, we can do that through that program. But if you're not into human design and you're just looking for a general life coach, I do offer that as well. So, you know, that is always on the cards for anyone who wants to uh, to go down that road. Well, thank you so much, Hamesh. It has been so amazing to to have this conversation and uh, to connect with you in this way. I will drop all of Hamesh's details in the show notes. So if anyone wants to work with her, please do check her out. Thank you so much. And yeah, I've just really enjoyed this. I could talk about human design for days on end. So, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you ever need me to come on again, I'd be more than happy to. Oh, amazing. I might take you up on that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I will be dropping all the details in the show notes. So if you do want to work with Harmesh, she is an absolute amazing, amazing person. And she has so much knowledge in this area of human design. And if you do want to connect with me on Instagram, you can find me at Souls Lemonade. I will also drop those details in the show notes below. And if you do have a moment, I would love it if you would take a moment to review this episode wherever you're listening to it. That'll help me keep this podcast going and to really give my listeners what they want and to hear your feedback so that I can make this podcast even better. And as always, I appreciate you so much for being here.